Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Uh, one of the best things about this podcast is the people I get to meet and the relationships I'm building through uh, meeting these people and talking with them. But today I get to have on a friend of mine uh, who I just think is a tremendous, tremendous person. So I'm really, really excited to be able to have him on. Ryan Avery, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate being one of your guests. It's nice to invite me. Thank you. So Ryan is a... Uh, uh, a very well-known speaker. Ryan, tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what you do. So I deliver keynote speeches around the world. Uh, I usually used to do 75 keynotes around the world and then this little thing called COVID came and uh, had to pivot my business and, and we did. Um, and I show leaders and their teams how to go from A to V in their industry. Nobody Nobody wants to listen to a podcast. They want to listen to the podcast, right, Chris? Uh, no, nobody wants a CRM. They want the CRM. And nobody, nobody anymore wants to follow a leader. They want to follow the leader. So I, I showed the differences of in my research. I've been studying this for nearly a decade of what are those differences between a versus the of what we do. And then you're, you're talking a difference in two letters, but that's a huge difference going from a to the. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even this mindset of when I work with athletes or when I work with CEOs, do you want to be an athlete or do you want to be the athlete? You know, do you want to be a CEO or do you want to be the CEO? This is a totally different mind shift. This is a totally different way of motivating ourselves. And all it takes is understanding that little difference. And then what the little differences are, the hardest part is implementing them. That's the hardest part. It is. It is. And, you know, our podcast, it's all about being a sales leader for those people that currently are the leader that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack or those that want to become the alpha, the leader. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that goes into being a leader. As you said, it is a mind shift. Mm. Um, what advice do you have for someone who says, you know, I want to be that person. I mm. want to be the person. What's your advice? My biggest advice within it comes if you're in leadership is this understanding the difference between a versus the in this regard. A leader manages their team. The leader motivates their team. That's a very big difference. Nobody wants to be managed anymore, right? You can manage your spreadsheets. You can manage your budgets. People don't want to be managed. People want to feel motivated. So what's the difference? Well, managers get people to pay attention. Motivators get people to take action. Uh, understanding that one little difference makes all the difference in who we are as leaders because we cannot be leaders without followers. And so today it's, we've had these, you know, many of us, maybe even you, we have books on how to be a manager and how to manage our team. Nobody needs that anymore. We, we don't care about attention. We care about action. So my biggest advice would look at who you are as the leader. Are you managing your team? Are you motivating them? Are you getting them to pay attention because you write the paychecks or are you getting them to take action because you inspire them with your stories, your own actions and things that you're doing? It's motivation. It's not about, it's not about attention. And that's really being a true leader. You know, that uh, I, I once heard, I read a book years ago on, on the different styles of management and, and really being a leader. And 
the analogy that I was given back then that really stuck with me is a manager is the, the sheep herder at the back with a stick whacking people saying, I need you to go in that direction. Mm. A leader is out front mm -hmm. and, and he's got followers, as you said, behind him. Great. Love it. Or her. <laughs> or her. That's right. As a sales leader, um, how do you create that, that shift from, uh, you know, being that person in the back to being that person in front? It goes back to, instead of telling, it goes back to asking. So it goes back to this asking your team what motivates them. And you know what? Motivation changes. All right. So let's break down the word motivation. Motive, it stems from the Latin word motive. So the prefix there is to move. Asian is the suffix in Latin to take action. So literally by definition, the word means moving someone to action. So in order to do that, you have to know what that is. So simply instead of telling them what to do, asking them why they would want to do it is a huge way to get started and getting people to take action and then checking in and, and making sure that that is a continual thing. It, it might be something like, hey, you have a new kid coming. Okay, great. Uh, you want a secure job. Um, some people want to take risks. Some people want a new position. There's all different ways of, of motivating. The leader understands for their team what motivates them. That's right. And not one size fits all. It's really taking oh. the time, as you said, to really learn at the individual level. Definitely. Customize versus generalize is what we talk about. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you have some incredible uh, content, uh, coursework that people can uh, subscribe to, to really help them and guide them through this journey. Um, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, how do you structure your course and, and talk about that content? So I've been doing this for nearly a decade, and there are three things that I have found most leaders struggle with. Even I've worked with billionaires, Olympians. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear of what the three categories are, and it's confidence, it's connection, and or it's clarity. It's one of those. How, how to feel confident or comfortable with what it is that you're doing or speaking in front of large groups. Connect. How do you connect with small groups, large groups? And then how do you clarify? That's a big one. How do you clarify your message? A lot of people like to ramble and a lot of people get put into leadership positions and they haven't had the training to know what it takes to simply say what you want to say. So those are the main three areas that I, I coach people in and I train people in and I talk about is confidence, connection, and clarity. Let's break down these. So let's start with confidence. Okay. So I'm a new sales leader or um, you know, maybe the, the, my position is evolving a lot to where I'm not in my comfort zone anymore. Um, what do I need to do to, to build that confidence and get back into my comfort zone where really we've got that fuel, that, that fire in my belly. I'll say one thing, cause you said comfort zone and there's a, there's a quote that I hate. Um, you've heard, maybe you heard it. It's a uh, step outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Okay. I hate, this is such a manager way of saying things like step outside your comfort zone. That's first off, if you step out, that means you can step back in. Okay. Second off, whenever we do that, I have never been, I've never accomplished anything when I'm uncomfortable ever for me. Okay. So here is the saying, here's what the motivator says. The motivator says, expand your comfort zone, be comfortable with more things. I'm comfortable doing things because I've done so many things. So that's why I'm confident because I've, I've, I've seen, I've done, I've experienced. So same with a lot of people on there. And when you look at those people who have been a, a confident, most of the time it's because they have experience and do not confuse 25 years of experience with 25 years worth 
of experience. Okay, that's a very, those are two very different things. So that would be the first thing is expand your comfort zone, be comfortable with more things. The, the next component within the confidence world too is understanding what makes you confident and what makes you comfortable. Here's my definition of confidence. Confidence is the byproduct of you being courageous. Okay, when we're courageous, we get more confidence. Like boiling water, we get more, we get steam. Okay, when we're courageous, we get confidence. So my question to you to get more confidence is, where do you need to be more courageous this year? Yep. You answer that question, you act on that question, confidence will come with you. Yep. I've always felt too, you know, for me personally, I'm most confident when I am feeling competent, you know, that I really understand my subject matter. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm not feeling confident, that's a real indicator to me that, hey, you know, you haven't done the legwork to learn, to Great. grow. Yeah. And that. that's where you're, that's really where confidence comes from, at least for me. Good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, for new sales leaders, um, there's a lot of, you know, one of the questions I ask my sales leaders when they come on is, uh, uh, you know, what are some of the common mistakes uh, you can make as a sales leader? Um, as it relates to confidence, is there any common mistakes that you've encountered in your career? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll link it to this next one of connection. Um, okay. Yeah, that's great. The leader. And what it really is comes down to is a leader convinces the leader connects. And so one of the major mistakes I see, especially within confidence is people try to go in and convince people why they should buy from them, convince why they should use their service or their product. When in fact, nobody wants to be convinced anymore. We can read reviews. Okay. We can, we, people buy emotionally to justify intellectually. So if I'm if I know that your product is good, but ultimately it comes down to, do I like you or do I like it? Or does it make it benefit my life? So connection is really the most important aspect. And one of the biggest mistakes I made first off was feeling like I had to be this speaker. And what I mean by that is, you know, I saw everyone in a suit and tie and everyone talked behind a lectern and that's how I spoke. That's not me. Chris knows me. If you talk to me, this is first off, this is what I'm going to be wearing. Second off, this is how I'm going to be talking. I'm going to, I use my hands a lot. Like this is who I am. So don't try to fit into a certain mold of what salespeople look like or speakers look like. Cause here's what happened. I did that and I hated what I was doing because I was working with people I didn't like. And then here's what happened. I started being me. I took off the tie. I started adding real value. And you know what happened? I attracted people who I wanted to work with and who wanted to work with me. And now my business is booming. Now I'm excited. I love what I do. So that would be the biggest one is focus on connection. Don't try to convince people why they should do business with you or buy your product and connect with them on who you really are. Cause then otherwise you're going to attract some people that you're not going to want to do business with. That's a big mistake I made at the beginning. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you read all the statistics, there's a million of them out there, but you know, these days there's so much information available to people by the time they connect with you or you connect with them, they're already so educated. You know, you don't have to convince like you used to before. It's all about, Hey, can I trust you? You know, yeah. will you be able to deliver for me? Are you do gonna... I like you, <laughs> right? Like, do I like you? Yeah. Oh, it comes down to that too. We yeah. want to do business with people that we like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Life's too short. I don't want to work with people that I don't like. No. Yeah. yeah. It's really, it's, it's being able to connect. I, I was talking with someone else about this, that it's like, you know, one of the things that they thought about COVID that's been a benefit is it's really humanized us mm -hmm. and made us softer. 
Mm, mm, Do you think that's true? Do you agree with that? I, for me, I, what COVID has done and what I have seen is COVID has made people realize things. Whatever that realization is, it definitely made them realize something, whether it is they wanted to work more or wanted to work less, they wanted to spend time. It, it made you realize, hmm, right? It made everyone do that. It, it, even the playing field for everyone. Uh, and that's what it made me do. It made me realize I don't want to be on the road 200 days a year. I, I love being at home. I love being with my kids and wife and dogs. I love gardening and paragliding. I live in Colorado. I live in the best, I love to paraglide. I live in the best state to paraglide in. So what was I doing, right? And so it made me realize a lot of things that I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. So I, I believe it made us realize. Yeah, that's great. So when it comes to connection and yeah. in this virtual world that we're in now, like we're both on Zoom, mm -hmm. um, how do you build that connection, that rapport virtually? I, I mean, people ask me this question often and to me, it's, there's no different. It's you ask questions, you, you're genuinely excited to learn from them. You, you know, you use eye contact, like there's no, uh, I've, I've been asked this question so many times because I, I teach communication. And so now everyone's wanting to know the virtual world. I'm like, y'all, it, it's the same concept, right? It's talk, it's be open, it's be like, say, I don't know, don't say too many ums and so's. There's no like, I guess the, the big one that I, here's an acronym that I do use though, that I will say to help set up my perimeter or my this is uh, I use an ac the acronym called CLAP, C-L-A-P. So anytime I get on a virtual call or meeting or a podcast like this, I make sure I go through the CLAP acronym and C, C stands for content. I make sure that the content I have is in front of me and this is an interview, so it's very different, right? It's, it's off the cuff, uh, but there's no other content in front of me. I don't have my phone, nothing's going on. It's content in front of me. L stands for lighting. I make sure my lighting is good. A stands for audio. Audio means, you know, not simply your microphone, but are there dogs barking? Is there a train going by? And then P stands for positioning, okay? Positioning means we wanna be eye level with our camera. I speak, I stand up when I speak, so I'm standing up now. I'm not ever gonna sit down and speak to you, so I'm not gonna sit down on, on a call. But also position means background, okay? How we're perceived is what we receive, okay? So if you got a messy background, if you got a background that isn't, isn't your brand, personal or professional, well, you want, it to, you want it to illustrate what it is and who it is that you are. Instantly, people can connect with me because they know I like to travel or I'm simply interested in the world because of my clocks. They like to ask about Antarctica or that, uh, that photo that I took, or they know that I'm, uh, they ask about wards or that old phone that my grandmother gave me or books. It, it automatically builds a connection because people, there's something that goes, ooh, what's that? Or what's that in your background? Have I had to give presentations that weren't in here? Yes, that's why I go through the CLAP acronym, content, lighting, acronym, or audio position. And I've stacked up chairs and I've stacked up different things in hotel rooms. So that would be the thing that I do in a virtual world is making sure I look at my content, my lighting, my audio, my positioning every time. I love that you went over that because I ask that question a lot. And I agree with you. If you're doing this differently virtually than you would in person, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah. Like anybody who's listening to this right now, when you see me, most likely I might be wearing the same shirt. <laughs> Chris knows I wear, the, wear pretty much the same shirt. Like this is literally how we interact. So don't change it up. Simply be a little more strategic with your technology. That's about it. Yeah. And the background piece, 
is huge um, yeah. and often gets overlooked. I was talking with the chief marketing officer where that was her, that was her heartburn mm. was I need to get that under control that we're presenting our brand. Yeah. Every time somebody goes online and they're representing us virtually, they're representing our brand. So we need to make sure we've got a good background. And so she created a virtual background with the company logo and all that. So she could be comfortable that the brand was being represented. Perfect. Great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I have some speaker friends who like, they went out and they spent all this money on lights and they, I, you know how much I spent? Zero dollars. Okay. This is my office. Uh, here, here, you really want to know like a back end thing. Um, I use a ladder. Okay. <laughs> so it doesn't matter about what's on the, on underneath or back or like, I wasn't going to spend all this money on oh plugging this. I was going to spend all this money on updating this. All I was going to do is make sure that I was positioned in a way that presented myself personally and professionally in my brand. And part of my brand is a ladder. Like that's who I am, right? I'm going to go out that's and right. grab a ladder. I'm not going to go spend $5,000 to update my office for this virtual world. Right. Right. That's awesome. So the last topic that you cover is clarity. Yes. Big one. That could mean a lot of things. When I just hear clarity, I'm, I, you know, it gets my mind thinking about where's he going to go with that. Okay, um, here's what happens: managers ramble. Managers, when they start talking, people go, "Here they go again!" Right? We don't want to be that person. Another word for clarity is simple, and simple always wins. Period. So, have you made what it is that you're saying or marketing or producing simple enough? Okay, so I use the 660 rule. It's got to be simple enough for the six-year-old to understand, beneficial enough for the 60-year-old to benefit or use. Okay, that's my filter for everything, 660. There's a lot of ways to make things clear and, and simple. You've got to ask yourself, is this simple? A lot of people use acronyms and acronyms are okay, but what happens if people don't know what that acronym is and then they start thinking about that acronym, stop listening to you. So uh, really making sure that if you use an acronym, you explain it. Uh, clarity, clarity. Think about this. I'm not a religious person, but every, I like to study religion. And every religious leader from Jesus to Muhammad to Buddha, in order to get more followers, what they do? They simplified their message. It's the most, si the Bible, the Quran, all these things are the simplest things. And so many people follow them because they were so simple. Right? So if you want people to follow you, simplify what it is that you do, make it clear, and then repetition, repetition, repetition consistency, consistency, consistency is what gets people to take action. Yeah. You know, I've never thought about it like that, but I mean, just right off the top of the head, uh, the 10 commandments, thou shall not kill. It's pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple, right? Yeah. They don't, and, and I'm not a, I'm not a intellectual person. I'm a very, uh, you know, I, I feel people like I got emotions, but I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Uh, but I, I know with, within that of like these 10 commandments and what it is that they do, they never use big words. They never use like equilibrium or whatever, right? And so some people who are intellectual, they try to use big words to position themselves as the smarter person in the room. Right. We really want to listen to this, like that person. No, we want to listen to the person we can relate to, who we connect with, who we like, who's on our same page, who speaks our same language, right? So it's all look in all of those leaders, they bring it down to the most simplest form. Yeah. If I'm a sales leader and I'm suspicious that, you know, maybe I'm not as clear as I think I am, what are the clues I should look for? 
Are people nodding off? Are people coming in and asking, have you had to repeat yourself multiple times? Um, are people not getting it? Are people confused? Is a lot of irritation happening? You know, $26,000, this is from the Homes Report, $26,000 per employee, may I add, is lost every year due to miscommunication in the workplace in America. So times that by how many employees you have and think about how much money you're missing out because your team doesn't know how to clarify and communicate correctly. Right. So there's all these different things you can do. You can get a coach, you can get a trainer, you can get one person to come in and do a training on clarity or confidence or connection. There's, there's so many things you can do and then pay attention to. Um, one of them being, have I had to repeat this multiple times? And are people getting, are people coming back into my office confused? Like, hmm, okay, maybe I need to simplify what it is that I'm asking for. Right, right. Um, one of the things you, uh, you talk about, um, I, I don't think we've covered this, but get ready versus stay ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that for a minute? Definitely. Um, so, you know, a leader gets ready, the leader stays ready. And what happens is it, a lot of confidence, it comes back to comfort, like what we were talking about, right? Like a lot of leaders, they actually don't have a confidence issue. They have a comfort issue. When you look at the definition of comfort, comfort means in a form of uh, physical relaxation or mental relaxation. So it's like stress is coming or something like that. So that's what creates, creates the feeling that they're not confident in it because they're not comfortable in it. Um, so what we want to do is we want to stay ready. And what I like to do with that is I like to do a few things. I like to have at least uh, two questions that I can always ask somebody. Okay. So I have two questions ready. So no matter what, I'm ready to ask questions to get the conversation started. I also always have three facts with me that no matter what, I can share those three facts because here's why. When I drop a fact into the conversation, it raises my credibility. It lets them know that I know what I'm talking about. We don't need a hundred. We don't need 10. You need three solid facts about what it is that you do that you can drop into a conversation. You need some questions. Uh, staying ready in what it is that you do. Another one with that, some people have this weird notion of being scared that they're going to get asked a question that they don't know. Duh. Yeah, you're going to get asked a question you don't know. Of course. What are you talking about? So instead of being scared of that, listen, understand this. Our job as the leader is not to have the answer. It's to find the answer. Okay. So when you have that understanding of staying ready to know that and to say like, I don't know, but I'll find it for you. Or does anyone else in the room, can they answer that question? There's been tons of questions I've been asked on stage in front of thousands of people that I don't know the answer to. And you know what I do? I either find it there or I give them 24 hours and I say, I'll find it for you in 24 hours. Give me your business card and I'll make sure that I follow up with you. Yeah. No, you have to have it, find it. Yeah. Or say, you know what? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. Let's talk about that. Let's start working through and find the answer. You know, as a leader, I always like to bring in, make it collaborative and, yeah. you know, say, Hey, that's a great question. You know, let's, let's talk about it and yeah. see where it goes. Um, I try to be very open with my team when they ask me stuff. I'm like, you know what? I don't have a clue what the answer to that is. Um, yeah. You know, I know I'm the boss, but that doesn't mean I have all the answers. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about relive versus retell. Okay. So reliving versus retelling. One of the things that great motivators do is they use stories and they use stories to motivate people. Again, going back to any leader, any really anything we've ever learned has been through a story, right? Any lessons that we learned have been stories. So why would we want to stop the storytelling process when we get into business? We don't, okay? One of the biggest things that we want to do though is we want to relive our stories versus retell them. 
And what that does is it brings people into the story, it creates a present tense, and it no longer feels like your story, it feels like our story. So anytime you hear me tell a story, anytime you interact with me, I'll always relive it. And you'll go, wow, he's a good storyteller. I'm not a good storyteller. All I am is I'm reliving the story and that's making it feel like you're part of it. Um, so we don't want to retell, we want to relive our stories and that'll make you more motivating. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, one of the things that I think, um, again, humanizes us. And it, it just, it's like you said, that's everybody learns through stories. I mean, since <laughs> yeah, we're little kids. Around, you're not around your family and you're like, okay, let me show you this uh, chart up here. You're like, what? No, you're sitting around, you're talking about a story about what happened or and it, it allows you to connect, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, one of the questions I always ask, or I frequently ask on the podcast of sales leaders is, you know, tell me about the deal you lost that hurt the most. And what did you take away from that experience? And so they'll always tell me the story about some gut-wrenching story, your sale that, the big sale that they lost, and they were so disappointed. And then I'll ask them, like, well, how do you use that with your team? Do you share that with your team? And so now I'm going to ask that. I'm going to follow a question, like, when, now when you're retelling it. I love it. That's a great one. Are and you bringing them into that? Are you connecting them to the story? How do you connect them? And so yeah. can you, let's, let's pretend you are that sales leader and you've telling me about some big deal you lost. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Ryan. Okay. Yeah. How, so, how, how would yeah. you, what's a good way to try to bring that person in? I live in Australia for part of the year. So I live in the U.S. and Australia and I'm in Australia and I like to break around three world records a year. Uh, it's 2020. It's the beginning of the year. Uh, I'm in Australia, the wildfires are happening, COVID is starting to happen, and I've got tens of thousands of dollars invested in this world record. I'm trying to raise money for people who are homeless uh, where I live in, in Australia and Sydney. And so I work with this company, we've got mm, probably 100 people on this world record, and we bring everyone together, and we're supposed to get around 1,000 people together because we're making the largest image of a house made out of humans, and we get 937 people there. And we don't break the world record. And when you're the leader, having to share with everyone that who came out there, who spent tens of thousands of dollars to make this happen, to say, we didn't reach it, you see the deflation happen. And then you don't really know where to go from there. And luckily, uh, one of the guys who is the sponsor, the guy who is the sponsor of this, Adam, he he and a lot of other sponsors come together and they collect over $100,000 for this organization. So here we don't break this world record, yet we have leaders, real leaders in our community step up to raise $100,000. And so it gave me the opportunity to really reflect on that and to share with people at the time to say, we might not have done one thing, but something even better came from it. Because if we would have broke the world record, would we raise as much money? I don't know. And so that is one lesson that I learned uh, last year is because it doesn't go the way that you planned, it could turn out to be even better for you. And even though it was devastating and hard for me and gut-wrenching because I had media on me and us, and uh, it was also this really good life lesson that I, that I took away and learned from that world record attempt. But at the same time too, you had that, you raised a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That's you know, and, and, and that's, so it's really, it's, a lot of that's about reframing things, you know, Definitely. that. And it's really reframing too, because, you know, like I, I have, uh, you know, I got a bunch of world records hanging up, but that one you can't hang up. But I remember that one Yeah. because of that, right? Like right. you can't, 
you can't hang up the money that you raised, but you feel the money that you raised and you know that you did that. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it was it totally it was sucked me into that story, dude. Thank you. And all I did was because <laughs> I could feel it. You had that emotional component that you're trying to raise money for the homeless. You're doing something very valuable. That's going to change people's lives. Thank and you. there's failure connected with that. And I mean, I could as being a leader, you know, like that would totally suck. I'd hate to be in your shoes. And, but a great thing ended up coming out of it. That's tremendous. Definitely. Yeah. So Ryan, we're coming up towards the end of sales lead dog, our episode here. Um, for people listening, if you've never had the chance to, to see Ryan in person, check him out on his website. He's got videos. He is a tremendous speaker. You got just a taste, a flavor of his energy level uh, today. Um, but he is, I've seen him speak multiple times and he is terrific. Uh, and he's also just a terrific person too, which I think is, is even more important. So I'm really thrilled to have you on here. If people want to reach out and connect with you, Ryan, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so I don't have social media. Um, so the best way is website, ryanavery.com. And then my email is ryan at ryanavery.com. So yeah. those are the, uh, the best ways to get in touch with me. And yeah, any questions I can answer or ways that I can connect with you, I'd love to. Yeah, and I, I recommend his course content that he has available if they want to, is you're through the website, the best way for that as well? Definitely, yeah. And then if it's a larger scale, uh, definitely email me and then we can set up a time to talk for sure. Yeah, that is terrific. So thanks again for coming on Sales Lead Dog. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks for putting it together. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube, and you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales lead dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.